I guess we'll start off with something wholesome and something degenerate that you did this week. Okay, so wholesome, it's this wholesome and degenerate, it's the same thing, but in different different ways. So the wholesome thing was that I went out and I got to catch up with a lot of my good friends that I haven't seen in literally months. So that was really wholesome and it filled my heart with so much joy. But the degenerate part to that is I spent $500 because <laughs> I was like, I'm with all my friends. Let's let me buy all the drinks let and go freaking crazy. And I just can't afford that, but it was still good <laughs> and it was worth it. And you know what? Actually, you know what? I recently read something that said like... If you change your mindset from, oh, I have to do this, or I spent all that money and you instead change it to, I got to spend that money on my friends, you know? And even that, that like little mental switch for me, I was like, fuck it. I got to do that. Like I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. So yeah, wholesome and degenerate. I think that's an awesome way to look at things. Cause like you said, it's about switching up the mindset and being like, well, it was kind of degenerate that I spent $500 on alcohol and I could have spent it, you know, saving or whatever. But also when are we going to get that option again? You know, we might go into lockdown. That's the thing. You know, I feel like I feel so lucky that I had, um, my early twenties to just like enjoy myself and go to festivals and stuff like that. So I feel for the people who are in their early twenties now, and can't just, you know, go out clubbing randomly because that used to be the thing. Well, we had to wear a mask, like, and we could we sit down dancing. So there was tables at the club, club and bars that we were at and we had to sit down dance how, with masks on. Like, <laughs> if we had a drink in our hand, we could yeah. take the mask off, but... That's so funny. Like, I'm just trying to imagine sit down dancing. I would fail miserably at that because I would just, like, be so, like, wanting to get up out of my seat and just boogie. Yeah. That's the only reason I like to go out is to have like a good dance. I know. It was just uh, arms all in the air, like shaking. Yeah. I went out for some casual drinks um, this weekend. And as always, I'm just super boring and I go home early because I have no self-control. Um, and <laughs> Too drunk? <laughs> yeah. If I, if, I, if I have to drive myself home, then I don't drink too much and then I don't get too crazy. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was the same. We had to wear our masks, but they weren't very. <laughs> yeah. Because it was more of a like pub bar sort yeah. of place. So like people weren't really dancing, but people were just walking around the restaurant without their masks on. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about all of this. I don't know how to feel. Yeah. Cause like, obviously in Queensland, we're very lucky. We've got those restrictions easing up, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to catch Miss Rona. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not here for that. And all it takes is one person in that area. Oh, well, it's one person in the wrong place that you're at. Yeah, so literally. scary. Um, but that's something very beautiful and wholesome that you did and something a little bit degenerate. But I love that approach, like a shift in the a mind shift to help you sort of um, see it as a bit more of a positive thing rather than a negative. I love that. So for each podcast, I had sort of thought about a way to break down each of the um, segments within the podcast so it's not just one big block of words coming at you and I thought a really cool way would to be do a card pull of some kind whether that's like an affirmation card a conversation card or a tarot card and just see how we can sort of um, help uh, make it fall in line with the content that we're doing for the podcast so Kula so graciously already read my mind and knew what the go was and she's brought um some reflex cards from flex mommy we both love flex mommy she is a fucking icon she's a queen a queen is a queen i think when did you start like when did how did you come into her sort of 
States. The Bobo and Flex podcast. Yeah. Which was like years years ago now. Yeah, yeah. I just found it and then found her and she's yeah. just been a constant in my life. I oh, love her. So much so. She's such a fashion icon as well. Her Crocs. Are I'm a new. big fan. I know. I want to get Crocs now. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like the way she styles her apartment too. I fucking love it's it. It's a like, mood. It's a yeah, mood. Big yeah. mood. So colorful. Like, I love that. No, I think Flex came into my sort of radar through like a sponsored ad or just an ad somewhere that I saw for the reflex cards and then I was like listening to a podcast that she featured on and because I'd seen bits and bobs of flex through the reflex store insta and then I was like oh my gosh this is the chick behind the scenes and yeah ever since then I was like this is a bad bitch facts divine facts her face is glowing her skin fantastic her mindset amazing like everything about her, I just really she's the influencer we didn't ask for, but absolutely need. need. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants the like pretty, like stick thin gals. They're fantastic and they've got a lot to offer. But her like the discourse she has, oh, I could sit here and spend the whole podcast talking Literally. about Netflix. I don't even follow it. She's like the only influencer person I follow. I love that. Because I just I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I stopped following all those influencers a little while ago. Hey, I, I like, no disrespect. Uh, I know you're definitely not listening, <laughs> but I unfollowed like Shani, yeah. Lily, Michael Finch, all of those like classic Aussie influencers. And I think, yeah, the only people I still follow are people like Flex, Abby Chatfield, Another Queen, just like those sort of people who are a bit more realistic with their approach. And which, like authentic. Yes, actually authentic. I am... Um, feel bad but i noticed um someone that i follow on instagram has gotten a large following behind them which is awesome we love that we support that but she's built it up being authentic and now she's made the switch Mm. and like she wasn't on stories for six hours the other day and she made a full apology to her followers for saying she sorry i was inactive yeah what yeah sorry i wasn't on stories (laughs) i've been having a really hard day today so here is um here's some affirmations that helped me through the day and i was like good on you for sharing that but also I want to know who was messaging you being right. like, you haven't been active for six hours. Yeah. Like, I need to find out who that person is because they need to be like, they need a reevaluation of realistic yeah. time frames. <laughs> but leave these people alone, man. Like, <laughs> give them a life. Let them have their life. <laughs> if you're messaging someone being like, why haven't you posted in six hours? Yeah. You are the problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Damn. They but ain't got nothing better to do. Literally. Sometimes I'm that person with nothing better to do, but I'm not telling them to get yeah. on Instagram. All right, I'm going to shuffle these cards. I'm not the best shuffler, so I'm going to give it a red hot crack. Some AMS- ASMR. AMSR? ASMR. What does ASMR stand for? I don't know. I need to know now. Let's Google it. Like audio something autonomous sensory meridian response science yeah (laughs) i don't need to know that (laughs) all right oh this is a juicy one straight out of park would you rather be respected or liked oh respected i think see the thing the gag is with reflex like it's it's not surface level so no now i need to be like why do i rather would i rather be respected no, but I don't really care about being liked at all. Yeah. Like it's not I can live my life. 
And if people don't like me, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time. <laughs> I love that though, because that's definitely like something that I admire about you a thousand percent is that you have that complete don't give a fuck attitude and you just, and it's not don't give a fuck in the way that you hurt people or you do yeah. things that are bad for people. You do it in a way that's genuinely, I don't have time for BS, so I'm not going to give anyone the option to fill my time with BS. Yeah. And I love that. And that's why I think you do have a lot of respect for people and people have respect yeah. for you. And that's the thing. Like respect is one of my core, core values. Yeah. So I'd rather be respected. And because if you're respected by someone, they, they actually don't have to like you, but they, you know, respect your time or they respect the place that you hold and things like that in those situations you can disagree on things and disagree on something that could be pretty major but because you respect each other you understand that that's just a point of view and it doesn't like change your relationship between you two which i think is so cool i think in my sort of space i would rather i would like to say that i would rather be respected Because that is, like, me stepping into, like, my ideal self. But Mm. if we're being realistic, at this point in time, my current, like, thing is that I feel... When I feel liked, I feel valued. Mm. And that's something that I'm trying to work on in myself because that's not necessarily healthy. No. Or a good way to approach it. But I think, yeah. You shouldn't, like, attach your value to to somebody liking you. And it's so interesting because I think like that comes from, you know, other experiences, obviously, but in this world now, it's very easy to take that value from other people. Mm. But I think, yeah, I'm just trying to do what I can to remember that I have, they're so cliche, but I think they're cliche for a reason because you need to remember it. It's like, I have everything I need inside of me. I don't need approval of anyone else. I can live my best life just by being my authentic self. Mm. And so it's so interesting, like, what circumstances lead us to value those different things. Like, for you, respect is a big value. But for me, being likable is a big value. And I, I know where it comes from, and I know how to pinpoint where that social behavior comes from. But I'm still working on changing it. <laughs> oh, I actually love these cards. We should pull another one. Just yeah. For, just for the funsies. All right. Ooh. I want to get like all of the other packs. Yes, I will totally, totally go halves with you. And I get um oh, and then we can be like reflex card moms, and then we yes, we could like pass them on. Yes, <laughs> exchange yeah. each week or whenever. I was whenever. gonna say yes, yes. You have them Monday, Tuesday, and <laughs> Wednesday, and I'll have them the other day. Yeah, and then we'll alternate weekends. Yes, it's fine. It's all good. All right. So the next one is if you knew that sacrificing your life would have a huge benefit to thousands of people, would you do it? Yeah. I would. 100%. Yeah. It's like without being too dark. Like, yeah, no, I was yeah. like, uh. There's some days where I'm already happy to do that. Yeah, facts. Knowing that it'll benefit thousands of people. So, like, I but, mean, sure, let's do it. Let's go for it. Actually, though, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, would I sacrifice? Sacri- sacrifice? Sacrifice? <laughs> sacrifice myself, like, for my loved ones. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I would. Yeah. But I was also like, I don't know, it would depend. That's such a good point, though, because, like, you know, not to be like... Actually, sorry, I just cut... No, it, was off, it was off Flex's story about... Yeah. Um, it was about, would, if, would you, like, write out your, your family member or yeah. loved one and they go to jail? Or would you take the fall for them if they... You didn't ah. do it, 
you didn't commit the crime, but they blamed it on you and you had to go to jail. Would you go to jail? And I was like, fuck no. No, God no. Hell no. No. So I wouldn't sacrifice myself in that situation. Mm. But for a bunch of people, yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. Like if you knew that you have a very specific special like brain cancer or something like that. And by them operating on your brain, they can help thousands of people like hundred mm. percent. You know, if I'm dying to help free people from oppression, hundred percent. But no, I agree with you on that one. If I was to have to go to jail to save my loved one, I know there has been situations where I've been close to that point and my loved <laughs> ones were nowhere in sight. Yeah. So <laughs> I know for a fact that that's probably not going to be the case. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. love these questions. Oh my gosh. They're so juicy. I want to do like a whole pod, like a whole episode with them. Yeah, we that should. That would be sick. The reason why I guess this podcast came to fruition mm-hmm. is because I am obsessed with the idea of identity and how we all form our identities and what that sort of, how that plays into our day-to-day lives and that sort of stuff. And I think something that's super interesting about you and your identity is the fact that you have been to so many different countries in some very formative teenage years to live, to um, be educated, to play, all that sort of stuff. So I guess what I'm super interested in is how you, Kula, have navigated this sort of landscape. And I guess just giving our um, listeners some context about you know uh, what you did growing up, what you went overseas for, why you came back to Australia. Just like a bit of a summary, I guess, just to give our listeners a better understanding of what brought you here. (laughs) Yes, okay. Um, Well, I was born in New Zealand, born and raised there till I was 16, 17. I can't even remember time. I think it must have been 17. And then I moved to America and I lived in Colorado for a year and a bit where I studied, I went to university and I played basketball on a basketball scholarship. So from 17 to 19, I was there. And then I came back to New Zealand. I decided basketball and college in America wasn't for me, you know, faced a lot of problems there. So came back and then in New Zealand, I was like, this isn't for me either. So then I moved to Australia and I had family here. My sisters live here. And then I've been here ever since for the last three years here. And yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much a big, a quick, very nice, quick summary of that. I love that. Um, no, and that's so awesome because it all happened in such a sort of relatively small amount of time. But it's like that time is such a big time of change. And like, um, you know, you would have been changing from friends to like understanding who you are as a person. And you, it feels like you didn't have the luxury of like home comforts to go back to I no guess, yeah in definitely the same way that for me growing up in the same place that I was born not really moving away like it was cool and I have so many awesome memories because I have lovely friends that have carried through but the challenges that I faced I feel like you faced a lot earlier because you pushed yourself out of that comfort zone, which is really exciting. Well, it's actually interesting. I've, I've recently done a lot of reflecting about all of these, you know, moves and life sort of big life changes. And I think it's because of how, like you said, I didn't really feel comfort at my home, Yeah. but I've sort of thought about it and just, Oh, I don't know if this is true, but I've decided in my head that (laughs) I was like, I'm sort of, I've sort of been for the last five or six years, like running and avoiding like my problems in New Zealand. Yeah. Especially because like as a teenager, you know, high school drama, boys, alcohol, drugs, like all that shit. All the good stuff. All the, yeah. Like, (laughs) um, I had 
a lot of problems which now aren't really that big but yeah. as you know a 14 15 16 year old it's it, your whole life it's the whole it's it's everything's bad my my boyfriend he likes my best friend you know all yeah. that stuff yeah. like so I was sort of in at I was going into my year 13 which is uh, my last year of high school I had some dramas with my friends and then I was presented this opportunity like here's a scholarship yeah you can leave now you don't have to finish your last year and I was like okay this is a easy way out of all of my problems like I'm gonna do that and it was a it was a cool opportunity and it was what everyone else was doing who played basketball I suppose in New Zealand too like you have to take those opportunities because you know you guys have a smaller population so those opportunities to go to the big time are far and fewer between I guess yeah I so guess. it's like pushing yourself out of that to potentially step up in your profession. But I love that you were able to step away and decide that that lifestyle wasn't for you. Do you feel like you were running again or do you feel like that was just like growth? You saw the lifestyle and you realized that it didn't align with your values. No, it was definitely running. I was escaping. <laughs> I was escaping like this problem that this really big problem that had happened. Yeah. So it was just an easy way to go. And then the same sort of thing happened in America. Like, oh, it wasn't that bad, but there was a, a lot of things. Like I didn't really like my basketball team. My coach sucked. I liked the school side of things. I didn't like the state. It was too cold. It was snowy. Yeah. It was not me. Colorado would have it was been cold. insane. So... Um, and then I had a boyfriend there who was really great, but obviously when I came back to New Zealand, it didn't really work out. So I didn't want to go back because I didn't want to see him, you know? Yeah. And then my other, so it wasn't that I was like, maybe not so much running then, or it was just trying to, I didn't want to go back to that uncomfortable. You recognized it didn't serve you anymore. Yeah. So then I moved here because I didn't want to stay in New Zealand because I, I didn't want to keep, you know, seeing those people that were in my life. And who created those and who, dramas that you've yeah, and from. also it was, I think I've just like tied it to the person that I was in New Zealand, yeah. like the that hot mess in high school, who you know did dumb shit. Like I, I didn't want to be. I felt like if I'm there, I still actually feel like when I'm there, yeah, like that person. I hate that person, yeah. so I don't want to be there, no, which I- is bad, but. So yeah, then I've now sort of created a whole new life here, but here is, it's not that they've followed me, it's fine my life here, but I feel like I won't be able to, I feel like my life and the person that I hate or don't like in New Zealand, that was that teenage years, yeah. is holding me back from being my best self. Yeah. But I feel like I need to go back and face it. Work through it. To like, no. to get better. No, I can definitely <laughs> relate to that because I think like, for me as well in school, I was like the certified hot mess. I hung out with the group that were degenerates, you know. We went out and partied, but we also got our work done. So like people would be like, what are they doing? And so like I was known as a hot mess and I've carried that identity with me through uni, through school. Like I haven't thought of myself as being able to be an intelligent person because I have this hot mess side. So it's like, you're hundred percent right. Like if you just remove yourself from the situation that doesn't fix it doesn't change anything like it, sometimes it can like you know if it's like an abusive situation that you hadn't created yourself removing yourself from that scenario is always going to help but when it's like a scenario where we've created it ourselves, it's like 
so hard to a accept that you've been in the wrong and then b actually address it because often by the time that you realize it everyone else you feel like has moved past it or it's not like a real thing anymore so i find that really interesting like that way that you moved from sort of place to place and i think at that time though you can't really blame yourself for running because you know you have your little toolbox and if you don't have the right support or if you don't have the right experiences growing up you went overseas to America with an empty toolbox. So mm. you didn't know how to navigate that, yeah. you know? You didn't know how to fix it when things got crazy. So do you think that that had a major part in, you know, we were speaking before about how you would prefer to be respected than well-liked? That idea that moving consistently meant that you weren't in the same spot for too long. Does that, do you think that has something to do with the fact that you don't really care about being liked? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's temp. Oh, it was a temporary thing, or it's something that I could change. Yeah. Which was like, if my life blew up, which it did in New Zealand, people didn't really like me or didn't, or like, I don't really know. Yeah. So I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm out. See ya, I don't care if you don't like me. It's so interesting because, like, we're so quick to be like, oh, they didn't like me, but it's like, you guys were in high school, hormonal. Like, yeah. let's be real, they probably, you probably did some stuff that was wrong or whatever but they probably also didn't like themselves Mm. like yeah so someone I feel like you present as someone who is confident who owns their shit who doesn't give a fuck those three traits in themselves scare the shit out of anybody who is insecure so I I think that would have also like you know played into it as well and it's interesting to like take that step outside and look because it's so hard to be like people are jealous of me because you don't want to be up your own butt you don't want to think that but sometimes people are and it's weird to accept that yeah definitely yeah did you sort of like find yourself trying to mold to each space like with the social norm so you know in america i i I don't know i'm just speaking off what i've seen in movies but that frat culture that college culture did you find yourself no not really i think like i was well i wasn't really I was a student athlete, so basketball was, like, my priority, and Mm -hmm. I had to go to class because I had to pass to keep my scholarship. So I had to be, like, a student. Like, don't get me wrong, I would go out, and me and my roommate, we'd get drunk in our dorm room, but we we didn't really do the whole... Well, we did, but controlled. Yeah. So that was was what was important, so I don't think the, the social setting changed me per se I love that though that's such a good way to like approach it because that again comes back to that idea of respect it's like you respected yourself and while you were over there so you did what you needed to make it work and the reason why it didn't work wasn't because you made this big massive fuck up it was just because it wasn't for you anymore yeah and I think that's really cool because I think as young people we all do what we think we have to do and what we think society thinks we have to do Mm -hmm. so even just you jumping away and going to america for basketball obviously that was the social norm in the context of basketball but Mm -hmm. i guess in this in the context of like your school friends maybe it was finish school go to uni get a job that sort of oh yeah definitely there was people like teachers and stuff from high school 
thought that it was crazy that I was going to do this, but I was like, I have my uni entrance. If I, if it doesn't work out, I can yeah. come back. I can still go to uni. Like this year actually doesn't mean anything. Yeah. This, this last year of high school. Cause yeah. How does it work over in New Zealand with that last year of high school? I don't know, man. I, no, don't ask I me. I didn't do it. it. I so, well, cause so you get your uni entrance in year 12, which is like level two. Yeah. Oh, so that's your uni entrance. I think, I don't know what year 13 is. I think it's just a optional sort of yeah I think a lot of people do drop out and yeah well actually you know the funny thing was when I was I was playing that year year 13 I was playing a lot of basketball so I was overseas um in China I was back and forth from different cities in Auckland like playing basketball so I was missing a lot of school anyway Mm. and then when I when that sort of wrapped up I came back to school there was a lot of other things going on like in my social life and friends and stuff but I came back to school, I was like, I'm ready, like, I'm back, I've, I don't have anything else planned. And my dean was like, slid me the dropout forms. She was like, you, sh- you have to drop, like, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. <gasps> oh, I don't, yeah, fine, all right. But yeah. I think because, like, they have to have, like, attendance, if they have people attending, then they get funding and shit. Yeah, so, which yeah. I was, I was sort of let down, I was like... I'm representing my country. Yeah, like this is doing the sport. Kind of a big deal. And you're like drop out. Yeah, that speaks, I think, to a larger sort of, um, I guess, like me going on a deep dive. But the sort of gendered nature of sport. Mm. Like, I feel like if it was like a guy going playing for Australia, uh, playing for New Zealand or their country, a lot of people there's the funding there already. There's the yeah. support there. But I know for like the women's AFL or the women's football league, like they're still working full-time jobs and also representing their country. Mm. And it's just like that sort of speaks into that gendered sort of nature of sport again. Like the fact that they thought, you know, you have to be in attendance. The fact that you're representing your country doesn't really mean anything. Like it's just so interesting how narrow-minded schools and Ugh, just schools i hate yeah. schools man schools suck <laughs> the irony is like i knew what i wanted to do when i was in school and i went and told my senior school coordinator so essentially our guidance counselor the person the person who's meant to do that and she laughed at me and said it was ridiculous and but it was like so i stopped thinking of, of that as an option and i went down this pathway that I thought I needed to do a business degree and then I started partying but I genuinely think I I knew in grade 10 that I wanted to study justice I knew and I knew that I wanted to do something with research and my teacher was like no can't do that sorry I can't believe that I actually can't believe that oh but you know what it just makes me think about how people aren't perfect so maybe people in her life said no to her you know but still like oh I hate people (laughs) that's such a beautiful like sentiment to have because like I never thought of it that way I was like fuck that bitch she's a fucking rude bitch but you're 100% right like she was in her mid 40s when I was in grade 10 so that's 2010 10 years ago now you know she probably grew up in a time where women were limited to you know nursing mum or teacher and that's where she is at teacher so it was like you're 100 percent right she probably got told no so many times in her life that she was just like fuck it i'm gonna go be a guidance ta- counselor and tell everyone else no too yeah <laughs> like who hurt you sis yeah literally i wish i had the foresight like well like the ability to see that back in the day to then like turn around and be like who hurt you miss? yeah <laughs> like who hurt, who hurt you that's yeah but i think people that have said no to me i'm like no that's that's all right. You can say no. I don't care. Yeah. Which is... I fucking love that. Like, that's such an awesome way to, like, 
have like to outlook into things because it's like there are going to be so many people who tell you no purely because they don't understand or, or they, they they don't think that that they could do it so then yeah it, that's a hundred percent it they don't think they could do it so they'll be like why would you do it yeah the perfect example is um when i went in to get my appendix taken out and the nurse was just making general chit chat with me about what what i'm doing for a career and I was like, oh, I've just finished studying. I've got a degree in sociology and criminal justice. I'd like to end up in possibly corrections, working towards like research. And she was like, why would you want, no, that's ridiculous. No, why, no, that's so stupid. Why would you study that? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I really enjoy it. And she's like, yeah, well, my daughter's a researcher and, you know, there's just no point in studying that because, you know, people who are in jail deserve to be in jail. Oh. Okay. And I was like, oh, um, well, I'm not actually asking you to do the job. This yeah. is actually something that I really This enjoy. isn't about you, yeah. bitch. You asked me about me, yeah. not about you. Literally. And I literally had to sit there and I was like, oh, I think we've gotten a bit distracted. I did come here for a pre-op um, examination. Yeah. So let's get back to that. And she was like, oh, it's just ridiculous that you put yourself in that environment. And I was like, well, actually... I was at risk of being in that environment yeah. myself. And you don't had, know me. Yeah, I had people who supported me along the way, and I'd like to be that for someone else. So fuck you, bitch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Hurry up and cut me open. Like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I can definitely relate to that. Like, people, if they don't think that they do it, they can do it. Like, what is it? People can only meet you as much as they've met themselves. Mm. And it's like, without blowing smoke up our butts we are two fabulous boss ass bitches who have done a lot in life so there's going to be people who just made uncomfortable by our presence we yeah. to accept and i don't want to accept it but it's just i guess a cold reality now people are so uncomfortable by other successes whether they like to say it or not and yeah. it's sad but that is why we're here at the wholesome degenerate to hype each other up exactly and uh push each other to be our best boss bitch self facts yeah with like also a realistic hint because you can't be a boss bitch every day <laughs> no. facts again. there's there's things behind the boss bitch like yes <laughs> there's breakdowns cry, tears many tears pain smacking heads against walls literally pulling this, hair out but, but the boss. front is the boss bitch. Exactly. The question I sort of had written down was, um, it was, what did you stop think? What do you think stopped you from going down that path of trying to mold yourself to social norms? But I feel like you kind of covered that. Just to add to that, like in high school, I, like I never, I never really fit in anywhere actually. Like, I, but it's because I was, I just didn't want to want to fit in. Yeah. I wanted to just be myself. Yeah. Even if myself was like not the norm, not a part of the social norm. Like yeah. I, in high school, like my first year we wore uniforms, right. And the girls would roll up their skirts to like, you know, Ooh, I don't know, to be naughty and stuff. I don't yeah. give a fuck. My skirt was down past my knees. Like, yeah. but people were like, Oh, in the end I ended up, I ended up, I ended up rolling my skirt like a little bit, yeah. but I was like, no, I don't care. You like roll up your skirts. I don't give a fuck. What was, what's the point? Why are we doing this anyway? To impress boys. And then, so yeah, I tried to, I don't know, just be myself throughout life, I guess. I think that's such an awesome sort of thing. Like also, you know, you, not a huge family, but you come from a family that has a few members. So like you would have had to sort of um, 
create and carve out your own space for individuality I guess like Mm. whereas I know for me I had just me and mum for the first six years so there was that you know time where she could um be all about me and all focused on me but when you have older brothers and sisters and older siblings I feel like the dynamics a little bit different because your parents attention is sort of shared across Mm. so it's like you have to create that space for yourself in a sense yeah I think like when I think about my childhood there's a whole lot of trauma first of all (laughs) but my yeah my parents were aren't perfect they had shit going on in their lives and their relationships so they actually like neglected me yeah I was like so I'm a I think my mum always says that I don't like cuddles I don't like affection I don't like hugging I don't really do all of that because she says it's because she never like cradled me and like and like hugged me or slept with me as a as a baby and as like a little girl so that's why um that's what she says obviously I don't know if that's true no but it's so interesting that you say that because like I don't know I'm the queen of taking other people's experiences and relating my own to them um sometimes for the benefit and sometimes not so much but it's interesting you say that because for the first six years of my life I was the first grandchild the first great-grandchild all that sort of stuff so because I was the eldest I had so much affection Mm. so much support in that first six years of my life and then my little sister was born and the dynamic of the family changed completely Mm. so I went from having that constant love and affection to then having nothing so now it's like, that's all I crave is right. the love and affection because I got it, but then it was taken away from mm. me. So it's interesting that you're kind of at the other end of the spectrum where you didn't get that love and affection. So you never needed it. I yeah. guess like we all need it. We all crave it, but it's not something that is central to your being. Yeah. But I think it really, um, it affects me and my relationships and yeah. stuff because like my partner, he likes cuddling and he likes being affectionate and I just I don't know I don't know it's just not me respond like a a a response to probably trauma yeah that's 100% it and it would have an impact into your relationships because it was like you wouldn't know how to regulate that affection yeah how to do that I feel like in younger relationships affection and PDA is sort of like central to a good what's considered a good relationship but almost like that need for it later on in life shows more of a like anxious attachment style yeah and then that sort of breeds its own problems down the line so it's like you can never win I feel (laughs) yeah I think my my um relationship problem or my younger relationships probably molded me to act a certain way in my now relationships because of probably like trauma and shit as well because I feel like I never used to like in high school I probably like I never say I love you to anyone like not even my parents but I in high school I did yeah well to like my friends you know like oh I love you you. yeah Yeah. things like that but then there was like this instance where a friendship like multiple friendships I lost that you know, you don't do, you don't, yeah. you shouldn't lose that if you like, if you love, love them, them, you know? Yeah. So now because of this, I, I just don't say it anymore just like because like it. my trust is broken yeah. and I just have never rebuilt it. So, yeah. It's that's so interesting that you say that though, because that like speaks to everyone else's different understandings of the word love. Mm. And so like for me, my little um, heal the world self is like love, 
is something that is so flexible and it ebbs and flows and for me love is just not one concrete thing I think I have different types of love like I have the love I have for a partner and that is something that has some unhealthy traits in it that Mm. I have to work on but my love for a friend completely different yeah like I can not let them walk all over me but I have more um more understanding when they make a mistake or you know but in a romantic relationship it's like how could you do that to me you've hurt my feelings Mm. so it's interesting because like for you it seems like love is it's has a a certain set of requirements for you to feel comfortable yeah open up and be vulnerable Mm. whereas like for other people that love comes in tiny little pockets of someone leaving a cup out for you because they know you like that cup or something yeah. like that it's just so interesting to see the different ways that people take on board love and understand love yeah i think love is so i don't know what i'm thinking i don't know i just i don't even believe in love i think um really? yeah I'm i don't so interested by that i just don't think it's uh yeah i don't know i haven't Do you really think it's like a uh sort of social because like there's this idea in sociology that when we're born we all unconsciously sign what's called a social contract Mm. so that's to say that we're going to act this way we're going to be this way and we're going to do these things yeah and i feel like you're like you saying you don't believe in love it kind of falls in line with that understanding that love is one of those social contracts you unconsciously sign when you're born because you're expected to love your parents you're expected to love yeah that's the gag like yeah. obviously I love my parents but also I don't think like I don't want to have kids because I don't want to be a parent you or don't, I don't yeah. want to like parent my kids like my parents parented me and you don't like if you it. Yeah. but if you like so that's what I tie love to like if you love somebody if you love your kid why would you raise them in an environment like that or why would you like you know yeah see and then yeah yeah there's so many layers <laughs> onions have layers. layers ogres have layers um but what i also wanted to talk about was um there's like theories are obviously like a super big generalization and aren't always like black and white but there is a theorist in sociology and psychology that looks at the way that someone builds their identity as like based around the individual but also the groups we belong to do you think there's been any sort of like key groups that did influence your identity whether it was like you know a music group and you belong to that fandom or whether it was a specific group of people Mm. yeah i think um oh that yeah oh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) because i'll give an example like i know for me if i I'm a pretty chaotic person, but I also have a bit of discipline. Mm. So if that that discipline comes from me dancing for most of my life, because you had to hit the moves, you had to do the training, you had to do X, Y, Z. So as much as I am chaotic and I forget things and I do that, there's still that core bit of discipline from dance that sort of yeah. made me who I am. Well, then basketball, I guess, would be yeah. the place that I probably learned a lot of life skills yeah or you know more than just basketball it was like my family my because obviously my basketball team and teammates over the years Mm. were like the best friends and they're my probably my only friends that I still have like I don't have friends from school I don't have like my friends are from basketball and yeah so that 
being a basketball that's the that's the only that's the other thing though basketball is my identity yeah. so much so that like if i don't play like who the fuck am i like facts <laughs> and i'm getting to that point well i'm 22 but i've had last couple of years i've had serious injuries that have kept mm. me from playing so i'm like at home depressed i can't do the thing that i love to do i can't play basketball what am I? Who yeah. am I without what it? Have I got to you know, like what yeah. what do I do now that I don't have basketball? And so it's actually I'm trying to figure out like disassociating with yeah. with it to be just cooler, not cooler yeah. the basketball player. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So well, it's it's hard. <laughs> have you found some like new things that you're enjoying and vibing with? Like Well, I like uni a lot. Yeah. So you just love learning. Yeah, yeah. learning and studying, like that's been good. But also it's trying to figure out some way to still like stay healthy and maintain, you know, fitness and not be a fat ass at home watching Netflix all day. But yeah, so I don't know. I haven't obviously like if my body continues to break, Mm -hmm. then I will probably have to like stop at some point and and try and find something else. But I think I'm okay with not I have separated my basketball identity which has been good. I think that's awesome because like that does, it's almost a trap you fall into when you're good at something when you're young. Cause mm-hmm. I know for me, that was a big part of it too. And I'd be sitting here so angry and so stressed, not knowing what to do to help me. Like, and I try and go to gym and I try and do stuff like that. And then I just go to one dance class and I'm like, holy shit, everything feels so much better. Yeah. That is the way that I have conditioned myself for so many years to get my anger out. And that's the only way I can healthily get it out now mm. otherwise it's just like a mental breakdown yeah so it's like it's so yeah it's so hard to separate yourself from that identity when that is your comfort that is what brings you peace that is what centers you yeah so it's like move i guess like finding new ways to move your body that doesn't completely deteriorate it break it <laughs> yeah. yeah even though we're not even that old but <laughs> i know <laughs> my knees i my ankles like are so messed up from dancing. I had I had my fracture that I had in my foot for the last three months is literally called a stress fracture. Oh. So it's just from stressing, stressing that like particular part of my foot. But it was just my body being like, bitch, stop. You, ha- you, you have to stop now yeah. because you're not taking care of yourself. Like, yeah. this is too much. You, you're so stressed that your foot broke. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I did that once. I was so stressed that I, um, I didn't grind my teeth. I would clench my jaw so hard that I started pushing the teeth back up into the gums. It was like necrotizing gingivitis yeah. or something like that. I was like, damn, I did one now. And you have like, to clench so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, your jaw is, it needs to be like 24 seven clenched for you to get that. And I was like, no, that seems about right. I do get tension headaches. So yeah. Like, it's crazy what your body does when you're under stress and the way that it responds. That's like, the thing. I've also trying to be trying to, figure out like well rediscovered that your body is connected to like your brain and your mind and your spirit and like for obviously I've been doing physio and things for my back and my foot and I I've like it's not I don't think it's really been it has been working but I don't think it's been working as well as it could have if I found like an integrated like holistic doctor yeah that works to also figure out why my back is still bad, even though the disc is back in place. Yeah. But it's probably because of like, you know, my mind and spirit and shit like that. I feel like it happens with our brain as well. Like 
you know, if your brain is under stress, it's going to have these pathways that it's so used to. And that is the chaos pathways, mm. survival pathways, not, not calm, light sort of pathways. Like yeah. For my brain, my brain catastrophizes everything straight away because that's what my brain knows. Mm, chaos. And I feel like, yeah, that's probably the same for you. Like, there's just always something waiting around the corner to bring you down. Or there's always, that's what you feel like sometimes. Yeah. So that's what your brain it just falls straight into that story. The brain story is like, um, when shit hits the fan, just move. Yeah. Like, move country. It's time just to bail. go. <laughs> just bail out. But so, like, that happened a oh, couple years now. But when me and my boyfriend broke up, we're still together now. We got mm. back together. We love but that. we got, we broke up and, like, it was, uh, the world was over and I was, I was moving. I was moving back to New oh, Zealand. Yeah, I and my sister she was like do you not see this pattern that you that you're living like obviously shit hit the fan in New Zealand moved to America shit hit the fan in America moved back to New Zealand shit again moved to Australia and she's like do you see this pattern that you're living this circle yeah why are you like if you move if you want to move if that's what you want to do go but do you see this pattern that you're like constantly living in? Maybe you should stay and break it, you know? Yeah. So I did stay and me and my boyfriend are back together and we're good. You That's know? That's amazing. Like broke that pattern, but my brain is just like, That's just move. Story. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> It'll solve all your problems, but it really doesn't. When I, it's so interesting how the voice inside our head can be so blurringly loud telling you one thing but everything in the world around you is telling you something completely different i've come to realize that the like the voice in your head and your brain is only just they're just trying to make like look out for you they yeah. want you to survive so if they see something that maybe has hurt you before they'll be like no avoid you, you yeah. can't do that like even though now it's not it's not painful or it's yeah. not it's not bad for you anymore so like um, let me think of an example. Hmm. Even something as simple as journaling. Like I love yeah. to journal, but when I'm writing, it's uncomfortable because I'm writing about probably like my feelings and what's yeah. going on. So yeah. it's uncomfortable to do just this like very simple act yeah. because my brain doesn't want to be uncomfortable. Like yeah. it just, it wants to stay in its comfort zone and just watch Netflix all day and do nothing and not heal yourself and literally watch some TikTok. be a victim like, like yeah. you know be a victim because we, then we don't have to face our problems that's so like spot on though because you're so right in saying that like i feel like even for me um i want to sort of slow down smoking and stop smoking but it's like that means i have to be dealing with what goes on in my head and that means i can't just smoke myself silly and ignore mm. all my problems like means I have to sit down, face them, and come up with an actual solution for them. Yeah. Which, in practice, is fucking terrifying. Like, Exactly. I don't want to admit that the way I've been living for the past six years isn't beneficial to me. Literally. Like, <laughs> I thought I was doing just fine, thank you. Like, that's what, yeah. That was, that's my been my realisation. Like, that I've been sort of running from myself for yeah. the last five years. So I need to like get back and you want to make that transition from just surviving to actually living. Yeah. And it's like, cause on in, when you're in survival mode, you're just focusing about getting to the end of the day and going, then once you get to the end of the day, what can I do to make tomorrow better? Like mm. you're not really living for your future self. You're not considering the things that you're doing now, how they'll impact you in the long term. Yeah. It's so easy to forget that. And it's just because I think the that life is just easy. It is. It's so easy. Even though it doesn't serve you in it, the long in the long run. No. But 
it's uncomfortable to to do something different yeah and I think it's like interesting you say that because like coming into like the context of Australian social culture if you are the person doing something different until you're the best at it people in Australia would be like oh what are you doing yeah like as if you try hard for something yeah it's that tall poppy syndrome that we have here where you have to be the best of the best otherwise it's kind of embarrassing that you care about something (laughs) yeah and that's so sad It, it breaks my heart so it's like we need to like try our hardest to break that stigma um but I guess like something else that I wanted to ask you about was just sort of the role that you felt social media sort of played in your growing up because I feel like for me I was finishing school just as Instagram came into the sort of um social space mm. whereas you would have been there when it sort of was really hitting yeah. its peak so like did you find that social media you know showed to you that this was the way a basketball was supposed to be or that maybe this was the way a teenage girl in New Zealand was supposed to be mm. so you felt yeah. that's difficulty definitely like I I didn't I wouldn't say it was hard necessarily for me to I didn't think I had to be somebody because of things that I saw Hmm. I struggled with the like the bullying side of it that it's that it's a platform where people can bring you down yeah you know and it was always anonymous for me but like there was instances in high school where like people would people made a fake like Instagram account wow. dedicated to me. So I must have been doing something. You were definitely doing but something. But it was just right? to like bully me basically and like drag me down. And like, That's fucking insane. I know. I'm like the audacity. Like, yeah. who, but who has the time to do yeah, all that? Like, I was gonna say, they must be really fucking bored. And no, but that's so interesting, just like the side of social media of bullying. Like, I was very, very lucky. I only got bullied in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah like you don't even think about that like that just blows my mind that someone would go to the effort of making like a cooler that's just so crazy that like people thought that that was okay you know what i mean like yeah I'm just i'm trying to think about like the bullying that would happen when i was younger and it was just nothing like that yeah. like because that has such a personal impact in the long run so it's like that must have also helped contribute to your like persona of being like, well, people aren't going to like me. So yeah, I just need to do what I can to like myself. Like maybe I, yeah, I would probably say that definitely contributed. Yeah. And also like, um, I never really followed like influences and famous people. So I, I don't think I was ever really too concerned. Concerned. And I think that's such an awesome way to like be in that space because Otherwise, yeah, you are thinking about what's the latest thing I can buy. like, mm. And then that just feeds into so many other issues of, like, overconsumption. Like, you're not being authentic to yourself. Like, yeah, I think that's, like, an interesting way to definitely look at it. I was going to say, a p- part of the identity question, another one of my in- identities is, like, the party girl. Yeah. And, like, the drinker. Yes, you know, the yeah. alcoholic. Yeah. And I, I was always that person in high school as well. Oh. Because I would like, well, I wasn't always, but I sort of adopted that with my friend group when we yeah. started drinking and stuff. And because I, I would just go hard. I still do go hard. Yeah. But that's sort of somebody that I was as well, the drinker. Yeah. And that would have like, you know, like you said, 
with your friendship group that would have painted you as almost like you know someone that other people wouldn't want to be around or if they did want to be around it was for the wrong reasons yeah and like it's hard to know who your authentic friends are when you're in that party scene because you're sitting there drunk or high as shit yeah like wow i love everybody here we all just have each other's backs but once you're sober you don't really hear from those people Mm. and you're like wow like or if you do hear from those people it's can you believe what you did on the weekend how embarrassing yeah literally just people ready to like take you down at any chance (sighs) it's so interesting the way that like that party identity can really like guide your life so heavily i think me myself coming out of that being the central part of my identity like i now realize i'm very lucky i have lots of wonderful memories but it was very detrimental to my well-being and has had long-term effects on my life yeah (laughs) it's crazy to think about it um but i feel like that was such an awesome like explanation of like the way that you've navigated that and i feel like you what the idea behind it i guess is that you have stayed pretty strong to what your core values are and that by understanding and knowing what they are from a fairly young age or having it instilled into you it seems like that has been something that has helped you navigate through those really tough experiences yeah would you say so yeah I think so just trying like a sort of staying true to myself I guess is there any tips that you have for people to like stay true to themselves like obviously there's the like standard like you know don't give a fuck about what anyone says like that sort of stuff but is there any like you know quote or person that you found beneficial or do you think it's more so just having something you're passionate about and sticking with it well yeah no that's a good question I don't really I don't even really know how I got to be this person that I am so it's hard for me to like give tips but I think, yeah, maybe sit down and establish your what you value in life, like you, you did with your, yeah, um, with your occupational therapist. I sort of did this on my own. I just printed out, like, or went on Google and Googled, like, a list of values, and then I narrowed it down and then narrowed it down again and found out what I valued in my life. I, it was five. Yeah. And sort of just, like, living by that and embodying that I guess yeah and I think that's such an awesome way because I think we as young people will look at quotes or we'll look at influences to uh, inspire us to live a life that we want but do we really ask ourselves if that is the life we want Mm. and I think by doing what you've done like really nutting down on your values and figuring out what it is that's important to you you can then take that step back in scenarios and be like is this a me problem or is this a them problem? Yeah. And that's probably what's contributed to you having this, like, rock-solid personality that's, like, based on respect and based on being yourself. And I think that's just something so beautiful. Yes. And it's not something that we come across often. So shout-out to you for being such a wonderful human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to smoke up your butthole. It's, it's actually diff- It's crazy because I don't feel like... Um, like, I, I feel like I can be my true self with... a with a certain amount of people so like with you and like my friends well some of my friends but I don't really like I like to be this person but I don't think I embody it all of the time time. so yeah but now it's but I want to be you know so now it's just 
taking that step and becoming it I full time it to my OT is like I am a snake who's shedding their skin mm. and it's gotten caught at like my calves yeah and it's just stuck there there's that old part of me that's just like we're not going yeah anywhere. stubborn yeah and that's exactly it, the stubbornness of it but I think that's such a like good way to look at it you are authentic to you and you stick with that but you're also someone who is approachable to other people because of that reason and I think like yeah it's just really I just like appreciate what you have to offer and I appreciate you coming and sharing it with us today um but something a little more fun that I found um similar to the reflex that we were doing earlier is just like a would you rather yeah and rapid fire would you rather okay so you've got to answer as quickly as you can yes all right, and then we'll, we'll go back through and we'll, we'll flush it out. Yeah, we'll unpack. <laughs> um, so the first one, would you rather be in jail for five years or a coma for a decade? A coma. All right. And would you rather give up aircon and heating for life or internet for life? Uh, internet, I think. Um, would you rather have a pause button or a rewind button on life? Neither. <laughs> Would you rather have Billie Eilish's future or Madonna's legacy? Billie Eilish's future. Stay this age forever or have this amount of or have this amount of money forever? Oh, uh, I'm broke. Yeah. <laughs> Stay this age. <laughs> Stay this age. Um, all right. Ask your ex for help or a total stranger for help, and it's something really personal, like your tampon's gotten stuck and you need something. Oh, I'd ask my ex. Yeah, (laughs) I like my ex though, so (laughs) that's... I don't. (laughs) I'd be asking a stranger. That was the thing that came to your mind? Get your tampon fished out? (laughs) I was like, what's something really personal that you wouldn't just ask anybody Anybody. for help with? Yeah, okay. And that's like, I've never had that issue myself personally. No, but but I'm pretty sure it happens. I used to read about it on Dolly and like girlfriend all the time. Um... And then I think the last one was see have someone would you rather have someone see all the photos in your phone or read all the messages? I'd be okay with either. Yeah. yeah. I think read the messages. Yeah, yeah. But photos are fine. <laughs> so going back is the coma for a decade just because you won't be alive for a decade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm just trying to actually rest. Yeah, <laughs> I just need actually- to sleep. <laughs> first good sleep i've had in 26 yeah. years um and then give up aircon and heating or internet for life which one did you choose i again? chose the internet the internet i, I don't, don't i hate like i actually hate the internet i would rather live in a world without it Same. because there's so much like pressure and marketing and bullshit these like unsaid social norms that yeah pushed onto you and then like oh it's crazy i'd rather be like in a different era also i just like being comfortable so the idea of no aircon and no heating is like (gasps) yeah (laughs) um and then the pause or rewind button you said neither i'm interested by i don't want to rewind anything because it's everything in the past has made me who i am so i don't want to i don't want to go back and live it and i wouldn't go go back back to change it so i just i wouldn't go back at all but pause what would i press like i'm not pressing pause like life doesn't stop for anyone that's so true so like why should it stop for me i love that that's such a good way to approach it see my little self is like i get way too overwhelmed sometimes so a pause button would be fantastic Mm. like there are times where like six people would be asking me a question at coco or something like that and i'd be like "Uh," (laughs) and i would i'd be like you need to give me a minute yeah (laughs) but um 
uh, the rather have Billie Eilish's future or Madonna's legacy. I agree with you. The idea of Billie Eilish's future in this space where she doesn't have to assign to gender neutral norms uh, or gender norms. She can be gender neutral. Like she has in the past, like there's just so many options for sharing her music and the different ways she can share her music. Like, I just, I don't know much about Madonna. Like I know, I know she's like, you know, but yeah, I just feel like, yeah, I just chose Billy. That's fair though. Cause that's just more relevant to like how you're feeling. But if it was like, Billie Eilish's future or um, or Beyonce's yeah, legacy, be then I choose story. Beyonce. You yeah, know? obviously. <laughs> I, there was one question on there that was, "Would you rather have Beyonce's talent or Jay Z's business acumen?" And I was like, "Obviously, you want to be Beyonce." Yeah. Like, duh. Um, and then what was the other one that we? Oh, stay this age forever. I have this amount of money. We're both broke. Stay so. this age. But you know, like, um, did you ever watch Vampire Diaries? Oh, you know yeah. how they're like vampires and they're that age forever. Like, I'd be okay with that. I'd be totally. I'd be fine okay with that. that. I used to always think if someone asked me that question, I'd want to be that age, like twenty-one forever. But now that I'm twenty-six, I'm like, this is a good age to be forever because you're not too young, you're not too old. Yeah. You've got a little bit of experience. You know how to do your thing. Like, yeah. It's gonna be good. And then, what was it? Ask your ex because you, you're you're still on good terms. Me, yeah. not so much. Well, I guess that depends what you constitute as like an ex. Because like, I like my ex. My ex-boyfriend, yeah. Cannot stand him. The last person I saw for an extended amount of time, great guy. Wish him all the best. He's yeah. a beautiful human. I think ex is... Oh, it's so Situationships, yeah. I think, can be exes as well. Because if we count that as my last ex, he's wonderful. Like, oh, yeah. He's so beautiful. He's if we if we count situationships as exes, then no. Fuck yeah, that. Yeah, you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but ex-boyfriend, yes. Oh, I love that. And then... Um, so you see all the photos in your phone, all the messages, and you said you feel comfortable with both. Which yeah. I love that. I think for me, I would rather someone read through my messages because I... Like, my messages aren't anything juicy. Yeah. My phone just has screenshots of the most random shit. shit. Yeah. Like, so someone would go through that and be like, what the fuck is this bitch on? Like, seriously. Mine just has, like, a lot of selfies and things. Yeah. Like, there's nothing actually too scandalous. No. I think my messages would actually be more juicy. Yeah. Like, roasting people. Yeah. See, mine's just, like, screenshots where I've seen other people being, like, scandalous. And I'm like, ooh. But I haven't shared it with anyone. Yeah. Or, um yeah whereas my messages are just all like confirmation for this appointment on this date yeah (laughs) my messages aren't too juicy because yeah i used to i definitely used to have like a friendship group where there would be tea spilling and everyone would be you know trying to get one up on each other and that's just so draining yeah fuck that shit oh i have like my group chat with my two best friends in new zealand that's like my life i love it and i'm all about it and we were roasting my ex like my high school boyfriend he messaged me on the weekend yeah he because i posted on my snapchat story i don't really do that often and i've just recently changed my settings to like everyone can see yeah so he's taken this opportunity to like slide slide in and he messaged me i don't remember exactly but he was like oh i wish i was with you like i wish we could have sex you were the best sex ever like shit like that and then i roasted him i was yeah. like dude it's been eight years like that's kind of sad like it's actually embarrassing that you, you you've even messaged me and you think you could like have Slide sex with like me that. it's like, never happening you were a minute man never happening ever again <laughs> so i sent that all to him 
I was really drunk. And then I blocked him and then he messaged me he, on Facebook. So now he's messaged me on a different platform and he's like, real sorry about last night. Oh I was God. like, no, you're not. You said what you said. Say it with your chest. Yes. Now get the fuck out of my DMs. But oh my me and my best friends were just roasting him. That is fucking amazing. He deserves to be roasted. Like, I, I love was, the backtrack on him. Like, I was, it's actually embarrassing. That's, that's so, so embarrassing. embarrassing. The first guy I ever slept with did that to me, not last year, the year before. And he, like, he... I just had a thing with him. It wasn't my boyfriend, but he made it seem like I was very special to him. Gave him my virginity, dropped me off, and then went and stole someone else's virginity. Like, yeah. So he messaged me like, what? This is like 11 years later. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm so silly. I should have never done that. I'm like, no, you just didn't value me as a person. You see that I got hotter and skinnier. Yeah. And I'm actually doing something for myself. And now you want a piece of that. Fuck off. Something about, uh, I can't, I just, I would never go back ever. No. But the audacity of my ex things that they think they still have a chance. They always try to message me. I'm like, dude, it is never happening ever this again shows that you have no respect for me so fuck you <laughs> you have no respect for yourself like it's embarrassing it is oh, well that was a beautiful rapid fire um mm. and a bit of a saucy one too i love that yeah um we we gotta stay true honest and open i'm just stroking a plant right now so i'm a little distracted <laughs> um I don't know how the fuck I'm going to finish this thing, so do Just sign, signing out. Signing out. Thanks for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Nice chatting. Sick chats.